Hi and welcome everyone to the I have a dream podcast where host Rajan Navani initiates candid conversations with industry leaders and experts to explore their aspirations for India as we enter a golden period. Rajan is the national chairman of CII's Council on Future Businesses India at 75 and the Artificial Intelligence Task Force and chairman managing director and CEO of Jet Synthesis. Today's episode features Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar, the globally revered spiritual and humanitarian leader, where he shares how India as a superpower has and will continue to shape the world's future. To find out more, stay tuned. Namaskar. Namaskar Gurudev. Very very warm welcome to you. We seek your blessings not only for us, for industry, CII, but also for the country and the world. So thank you so much for being here with us today. So you know we are really honored, ladies and gentlemen, to be joined by Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar, as you heard in the video, and especially in the last line that here is the voice of peace and truth. And I think I can keep adding: he's the voice of love, he's the voice of compassion, he's the voice of hope not only to india but to the world and really privileged gurudev to have you here with us and to talk on a subject that you know is is so critical and important at this time in the world when there is so much uncertainty where there is you know so much going on which is you know not only in the control of people and human beings and countries but you know uh, with technology and you know violence and so many different aspects playing out at the same time how do we really get a bearing how do we really stay grounded and rooted to what i think india has provided to the world not only in our 75 years of independence but in thousands of years of existence through ancient india something that you truly represent not only in india but you know globally as well you know our honorable prime minister has really talked about the next 25 years being india's years to really be able to see how we can shape the future of not only our citizens but also the world through the amritkal you know as as honorable prime minister likes to call it and the panch pran and what we are trying to do gurudev ji as industry is to bring multiple stakeholders together to really align around you know how do we really make this vision actually come alive what is the role that different stakeholders whether it's industry bodies whether it is civil society whether it is students whether it is teachers whether it is housewives what role do we all need to play to really unlock the true potential of our country over the next 25 years and who better than you to guide us you know with your thoughts your inspiration uh, as we think this through uh you know what we're going to record today is not only about today's session but it is about the next 25 year journey towards india at 100 uh you know cii the industry body has championed india at 75 the new india of 2022 as honorable prime minister likes to call it and way back in 2008 when he was still the chief minister of gujarat you know he did say ki delhi aayenge to karenge you know the vision that we discussed and shared at that time was made real when you know he came into power in 2014 and now we're all working together to see how we can shape the future of the next 
25 years. So a lot of your wisdom and inputs, I'm sure different generations, both in India and around the world, will continue to benefit from over the next 25 years as we you know, approach, as we like to say, the, the golden age of India, the Soniki Chiriya that India used to be you know, in the past. So with those few words, Gurudevji, really honored again to have you here with us. And we'll make this conversational. Please feel free to take this conversation in any direction that you would like it to go. But the core essence is, how do you see India over the next 25 years? What is your vision you know, for India at 100? Yes, Rajan, you have already said that uh, in your very title, I have a dream. We must uh, make sure that people start dreaming. Usually, uh, people are asked not to dream. Don't be a daydreamer, send the dream, be practical. At this moment, we have to encourage them to have a dream. Though the present situation appears to be gloomy for some of them, though when you wake up and see the amount of change that has set in this country, is uh, you know, it can't be put in words. Our Prime Minister has brought in so many changes. You know, as soon as he became Prime Minister, instead of making new laws, he scrapped, in his own words, he said, I didn't want to make new laws, but I want to scrap many obsolete laws that we have been struggling with. And that's a great thing he did. He scrapped many of the redundant laws. And then, now that he has given a bigger vision, Amrit Kal, and I think every youth of this country should align with that. They should come up with their own dreams. You see, everyone should start looking forward. Okay, what is that I want to achieve? How I can achieve is a second step. First is what is that I want to achieve? How I want my country to be? You know, even the, in the darkest days of colonial rule, our People had a dream. They wanted India to be free. That's how we got it. In those days, it was next to impossible to even dream of having an independent country which was in the clutches of an empire, worldwide empire, where sun never sat. If people could dream in that difficult situation and they dreamt and our ancestors achieved independence 75 years ago, now it must be easy for us to even go forward. You see, situations are more congenial for growth. It has been never so uh, encouraging for young people and for entrepreneurs to be enthusiastic about what they want to do. Number one, having a dream. Number two, bringing about the plans, how you can make the dream a reality. Just dreaming alone is not enough. That is an essential first step. Second step is working towards that with concrete plans, with tiny steps to lead us to a greater mission, greater goal. Second. Third is to see that, that we don't lose our hearts when we face some setbacks in achieving even our initial steps. Yeah, If we don't lose our heart and we keep our resilience high, nothing can stop us from achieving what we want. Yeah. 
you know, it's so important, right? Like what you rightly say, we can't create something we can't imagine. And, you know, what you rightly said, uh, Gurudev, that, you know, at least for freedom, people give up their lives. You know, today we are just requesting people to step up, you know, participate in the nation's progress, help others, uh, bring forth a lot of the traditions and legacies that, you know, India has provided to the world, right? So amongst those, Gurudev, what, what do you feel are some of those legacies of the past, what India brought to the world, you know, that we need to treasure, that we need to amplify, you know, as we move over these next 25 years towards India at 100? We must not forget that we were contributing to nearly one third of world's GDP not too long ago, just 200 years back. Now we must see that how we can go past that and at least contribute 50% of world's GDP. And it is possible. We have a huge population. You know, I, I just want to give a small example to our fellow beings here. In Uganda, a small country in Africa, 67% of the government revenue comes by less than 1% of Indian population, which is there. That means it shows that this country has huge potential towards creativity, towards entrepreneurship. Second is, uh, to get this, you need to have enormous self-confidence. Self-confidence comes when we honor our roots, you know. I, I remember there was a time that people would used to change their names when they go abroad. Now the tendency has reversed. People abroad are changing their name to ancient Indian names. See, our yoga and meditation, 40 years ago when I started, 42 years ago in fact, it was not so popular in the world. And people would think this is for just some people who would stand in one leg in Allahabad, that type of, uh, it was not a mainstream talk. Today, I tell you, 2.5 billion people around the world are doing yoga, meditation. They are looking towards Indian spirituality. This in itself is a big uh, step, a big achievement that um, we must recognize in this country. Uh, now we have launched with the government of India culture department, Har Ghar Dhyan. Just yesterday I launched this program. See, the mental health is a very big issue in the world. Near one in every four persons are suffering from some sort of mental disturbances, mental health in today. And post-COVID, it has really skyrocketed. Now, India has solution for this. Our ancient civilization has given meditation, you know, Lord Buddha, Lord Mahavir, Nanak Dev, or our ancient Bhagavad Gita is all talks about meditation as a key to robust physical and mental health. So this is something our young people must adopt. That can help them to keep themselves free from stress. And once you are free from stress, your perception becomes better, your expression becomes better. You know, most of the conflicts in the world, uh, failures are due to lack of proper communication. And to improve communication, we need to be free from stress. 
and that is where indian spirituality has played a major role in the world which is unparalleled today you know what we used to say our whole body is all akasha tatva today scientists say that they agree with our ancient philosophy that our body is 99.99% space element and mantras are being used you know mantra chanting of mantras have become very popular today in the world so we must honor our ancient roots that will give us not only confidence but also help us to have a clarity in our mind about our visioning now other than uh, yoga and meditation you have ayurveda this science i tell you is being appreciated today it is gaining its dueful place which was denied in the world for very long long time so ayurveda is one such thing then art and culture our dance forms india has so many dance forms this diversity of art and culture in india is in itself is very unique and this and food our food the type of food we prepare in every state you know even districts of this country is also something that we need to bring out to the world you know in tripura alone you see they have 108 type of unique dishes which rest of india is not aware of so in all you would say there are hundreds of thousands of uh, food items which can also bring a very big attraction towards tourism and towards cuisine like this and then our temples the temple architectures and the history behind this our own people should know should appreciate and then this can really uh, improve the tourist industry you know world tourism medical tourism spiritual tourism these are all something that we need to pay attention to and i'm glad now you know uh, many of our sacred places are being um, modified you know they are being reconstructed from their debris uh, you know uh, it's a very good thing that the government is doing we, we did in we see varanasi what a face lift has come to varanasi or kedarnath and now mahakal in ujjain like this you know these uh, proper infrastructure facilities and a scientific temple allowing or uh, encouraging our young people to have a scientific temple at the same time valuing the roots the spirituality that has been there as the very breath of our culture now i think you know our culture being adopted globally the soft power of what you just talked of the ability for india to influence and shape the world over the next 25 years is so so very clear you know i was just talking the other day to somebody who had come in from iran to india at the age of 18 you know seeking spirituality and you know came here thinking that he's coming to a land you know where you know there will be spiritual and you know he's grown up as a child and he said i come here and i realized that in india you know it's 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 tough because how do we build spirituality when there is you know temples and religion all around you 
And he actually got converted and is now training people in India to become more spiritual. You know, so I'm just saying, you know, while the world is adopting, you know, how do we in India, you know, these roots which are so true and, you know, I would say intuitive to people who are born here, who are of Indian origin, who are children of the soil, you know, how do we build this spirituality in people in India? You know, is there some self-discipline, you know, some areas of self-determination, self-belief, you know, that we can nurture. And I know you talk a lot about, you know, how science and spirituality can come together to change and build that India that we are all dreaming of. So some thoughts around, around that and how we can build that, you know, within our country. Uh, first of all, uh, we must separate ritual from experiences. We sometimes get immersed in rituals and forget the knowledge or the spiritual aspect behind it, the experience behind it. Uh, rituals are needed, it's necessary. But to understand that and to practice it, that is a different thing. That, uh, that education is missing. We need to educate our people. Second is maintaining cleanliness. Third thing is making our one spiritual experience to, to make it very authentic. We have to go to the roots of the knowledge scripture and not just, you know, just just by customs, you do some superstitious things. Those things has to be segregated. And then it is not enough to have these only in the urban areas. We have to go to the rural areas. A lot of education is essential, even in spiritual wisdom in rural areas as well, you know. Because in this country, in many rural areas, uh, people are coercing them and telling them, you know, all this is rubbish and you have to adopt a different god or different religion. Or This sort of uh, confusion is arising in many parts of this country, especially in Andhra Pradesh, some parts of Telangana, Arunachal Pradesh. You know, Arunachal Pradesh has 10 different tribes and they have their own faith and their own culture, Doni Polo, you know, they, they worship sun and moon and this sort of uniqueness in their culture had to be respected and that has to be promoted. And people are shunning their traditional uh, belief system and adopting something else so that they can go abroad is not a very good thing for this country or even for our population. So we need to bring that self-pride, a pride in their own traditional, whether it is costumes, whether it is uh, uh, their food habits or their belief system. And because every one of these, maybe her smaller big um, traditions are world heritage. If we lose any one of them, it's a loss to the whole world. Yeah, I think India preserving its heritage, culture for the interest of the world and Indians today, Gurudev, you know, going and spreading Indianness in the world. If we see Indians, like you rightly said, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're leaders, business leaders, political leaders, you know, changing societies in different parts of the world. There's a reason why that's happening. What do you think is the primary reason why Indians are doing so well globally in different positions in different societies? What is it that they are taking there? Well, 
I would say they, by nature, Indians are very friendly, they're adaptable, and they're sharp in their observations, in their perceptions. And they have patience to really listen to different, because we have been brought up in such an environment here in this country. So we deal with very tough situations. For example, Indian doctors, they are the most celebrated doctors anywhere in the world because they have seen many different type of uh, situations and they have handled them well. See, Similarly, our engineers are really some of the top engineers because our foundation has been very strong, you see. And by nature, by DNA, we are very good in, in mathematics, of course. So that could be one reason. And family values, you know, people grow up with certain values. And if at all people respect you anywhere in the world, it's your character, it's your values and what you deliver, you see? And that is what could be one of the reasons, yeah. And on top of it, there is karma. You cannot discount that, you know, you, you, everybody has the karma, every nation has a karma. So India has a karma on knowledge. That's why knowledge industry flourishes here uh, like nowhere else, isn't it? Well, that's a that's a very beautiful, you know, segue that you that you said that it's India's karma in a way that is representing us from a, as a knowledge society, you know, the source of knowledge to the world and something that has probably happened, you know, historically. And and as we move forward. You know, I think the, the, the larger karma of the nation will be shaped by the youngsters or the youth who are going to be probably more active participants in society. So, you know, what would your advice, Gurudev, be to the young people? I think even women, right? In India, I don't think we give uh, enough importance to Nari Shakti. You know, uh, how do we unlock that? What's the advice to young people, you know, as we move forward on this on this journey towards India at 100? I know... Um... Rajan, they need inspiration from people like you and support from people like you when they feel that they are somewhere breaking out. So they need encouragement, number one. Second, I would say they all must meditate because meditation gives them tremendous inner strength. You know, inner strength is absolutely essential to face challenges. And if you are on a mission to do something bigger, something great, you will have to face challenges. Without challenges, you can't achieve something big. And to that, you need inner strength. So broadening one's vision, deepening one's root, and having clarity in mind, and not stop to learn from others' achievement and others' mistakes as well. These things, if you can keep in mind, I think that's good enough. Our young people need these few things that they have to, you know, put their attention on. So, you know, with the science that they learn, we talked about mathematics, all of that, this spirituality or this ability to, to meditate, build inner capacity, inner strength to face, you know, consequences. How do we bring these together? you know, in the life of everybody in India? Is there something on the education side we can do better? Uh, any thoughts around how we can integrate that into society uh, deeper than what it is today? 
Yeah, you know, uh, one big step has already been uh, taken by AICT, you know, when the engineering students are inducted in their college, in the induction program itself, they have introduced uh, the system, you know, um, where can they learn practice of pranayama and meditation, art of living is uh, helping that. Uh, we have designed and uh, we are doing that. Similarly, the talks are going to the medical students as well. So, um, and yoga is already part of curriculum in, in the new education system. And number of, uh, you know, programs, courses are there. Uh, these days you open the internet, you find uh, so many things that they can use to develop for self-development that they should not stop doing. Emotional resilience is very important, especially young people. They go with all enthusiasm and when things don't work and they really go down that fast also. Mental and emotional breakdown is a very big challenge today in the world, not just in India. So we have to get them out of that, number one. Number two, they should not stop learning. As I said, they should keep their eyes and ears open for uh, if one thing doesn't work, they should have 10 cars. They should start putting other things, not lose their heart anywhere. These are, I think, is the base. And then, and then I would say, spend some time in things which are not in your field. Suppose you are a lawyer, spend some time in music. This is the advice I would give them especially those who are working with numbers, mathematicians, CAs, chartered accountant, lawyers, but they are using too much of their left brain. So they have to balance it with the right brain activity, participate in some music, some dance, some of those things. And for the people on the other side, that is those who are very much into music, they should balance their, because they become very emotional, very fast. So they can do something on the other side, do some calculations and spend some time in the mathematics. So balancing, this is something that they can do. And for all this, meditation is the key. I think, you know, all these points that you have just shared are true words of wisdom to the young people of today. And I think it applies pretty much to the entire country. You know, I think getting emotional and mental resilience in today's times should be a priority in the lives of, of each one of us in order for us to be able to achieve these big things and big ambitious goals, you know, which you also so beautifully shared, you know, Gurudev. I know we've got a few questions and we've run out of time and I can keep talking to you for over an hour and, you know, we can keep going. But, you know, maybe there is just, uh, you know, one, one question that last question, you know, which has, uh, which has really come up is that, you know, all of what you have said, Gurudev, uh, requires trust to be built in society. Uh, how do we really address that very critical foundation building block of society, uh, which is trust? How do we build better trust amongst one another in the world today? When you lack trust on someone else, in anything around you, you must question, suppose you are that object of no trust, how would you feel? Suppose no one trusts you, how would you like that feeling? You know, 
nobody likes people want you to be trusted and when you want yourself to be trusted by others you should also start trusting others not being very naive but keep your eyes open at the same time no point in doubting everything you know we must understand doubt doubt is always about something that is positive we doubt you know the happiness and nobody doubts when they are depressed no one says am i really depressed no when you are happy you find am i really happy you know similarly you doubt the honesty of someone you never doubt the dishonesty of somebody someone may be very honest and they would have been dishonest just for maybe one event or one incident but we tag them and see them from that angle see so we must understand doubt then we can really know what trust is no so beautifully put you know i think the virtues that we should all live by and appreciate is probably something that we have to inculcate in society thank you so much gurudev this has been such an enlightening and enriching session for all of us and thank you for joining us again and really look forward to you continuing to guide us the country over these next 25 years as we you know regain our position as the golden country of prabhu thank you so much this was gurudev shri shri ravi shankar in an enlightening conversation with host rajan navani where he shared his dream for india at 100 thank you all for tuning into the i have a dream podcast stay tuned for more conversations where we explore what india has overcome and what india can do to become a strong leader as we enter a golden period